This is information not being reported by anyone else. You want the scoop? Here it is with Darren Doogie Wolfson. It is Scoop Podcast episode 121. I hope you enjoyed episode 120, an hour-long conversation with Greg Jennings going down memory lane, his two touchdowns in the Packers Super Bowl win February 2011 over the Pittsburgh Steelers, his time playing for Mike Zimmer, the one year he played for Mike Zimmer, seeing Adam Thielen's maturation. He was Adam Thielen's teammate in 2014. Plus his love for the Vikings. He thinks the Vikings have a legitimate shot to win it all. So that is an hour-long conversation with Greg Jennings, episode 120. Here in 121, I'll certainly empty out my notebook, but we'll start with the Lynx and Wolves owner. He's a good friend of the podcast. He is Glenn Taylor. Glenn, Happy New Year. Always appreciate your time. Let's start with the Lynx, then we'll get to the Wolves. The news from... I guess late last year, late last month, Cheryl Reeve, general manager, contract extension. I'm guessing, Glenn, pretty much a no-brainer to wrap her up long-term? Well, we've just done with uh, Cheryl, uh, you know, like two-year contracts and and just kind of keep moving ahead, and we did the same thing here. Uh, You know, uh, it's something that we've sort of agreed upon that we would just keep moving ahead each year. I mean, is there a thought to even give her a lifetime contract? No, she doesn't want it, and... and (laughs) And no, we haven't thought about that, but uh, uh, it, you know it could be if you keep rolling it out. But I think uh, she's got to look at her scenario, and and we too, and and we've been really pleased with her, and this has worked out in the past. How pleased? I mean, how have you seen her evolve over the last, you know, I guess eight years since she's been the head coach? Well, I think when we hired her, we saw a lot of the qualities we see today. I mean, her leadership ability, her sternness, her. Um, expectations for, you know, playing excellent ball. She's not satisfied with mistakes. She's not satisfied, uh, you know, when people do their own thing. This is a team sport. She makes them uh, uh, run that, and we saw that. But I think, you know, she probably has enhanced her her skill sets just by experience working with people, I think. And and as these uh, women have matured, she's her, her, her main group, as they've gotten older, older, I think, and more experienced, I think that she's adjusted uh, to that type of coaching. How Glenn is her personnel? I mean, her adding the title of general manager, what sort of difference maker can she be in that role? It won't be a lot just because the way we have run the links, <clears throat> we do a lot of stuff in kind of a, a, a team concept uh, when we run the management. So, She's been involved in all these parts before. It isn't that we have ever excluded her from anything. She's been involved. We, we appreciate that. Um, but I think uh, just the recognition of giving her the title and knowing that, uh, you know, that she's got to do both the coaching and the planning, uh, I think just is consistent with where she is today. So it wasn't a hard decision. I, um, as a matter of fact, she didn't ask for it. I uh, asked her if she uh, would like to have it, and uh, she indicated yes, she would like the recognition. And and uh, so, when we go, as we go forward, uh, it'll still be kind of a team concept. A lot of people will be involved. There's other people that from the Timberwolves staff and other places that help uh, where needed. Yeah, and I suppose she's always had a say. Like when you make the trade for Sylvia Fowles, that wasn't all Roger Griffith, right? I mean, Cheryl had a say, a big say in you guys making that trade. No, absolutely. That's what I meant. That just the way we run our organization, 
we, we try to get everybody involved. And since she's the person that has to coach the, the player, you want to know what does she know about the player. Does she uh, thinks that she'll fit into her system? And, you know, will she get playing time or, or, or not? So you're, you're right. I don't see this as a major um, change from the inside. It might appear it from the outside. I mean, is this just the beginning, though, Glenn, of what should be a very exciting 2018? You think about, you know, the All-Star game coming to Target Center, then you guys making that run for that fifth championship? Well, it's going to be exciting, and it's not going to be easy. I, you know, we recognize that a number of our players that are at an age where, uh, you know, it's hard for them to get better, uh, and though I think Rebecca did that last year, so I agree. Surprised, yeah. surprised us, you know, coming in and having a terrific year. But, but uh, therefore, and, and I only mean in the sense that they might get tired a little bit sooner or be, be a step slower, you know, but uh, our goal is to win the championship, and it's going to be a challenging one. As other teams, are, everybody shoots at us, and other teams are getting better, and uh, some of the teams are younger, and they're going to improve, and so... It's going to be a fight to, to win it, but uh, that's our goal. Will you have much roster turnover? I mean, how many of the ladies are free agents? I mean, do you anticipate the core being back? I, I do. I think that um, we won their championship group. I think you want to keep them together. I think that you do look at the organization and see if there's some substitutes or somebody, uh, people who can play a substitute position on the team or somebody who you see uh, you want to bring on your team that has um, more potential but might take a year or two to get there, and you want to get going on that. I, I assume we'll be looking for some players that might fit that mold. And then there, there's always the possibility, as we've done in the past, is you look at a free agent who is pretty good who wants to come to your team just because you're um, uh, a championship team and they want to be part of that uh, organization. But... You know, we're, we're somewhat street restricted just because of uh, there's a cap on how much money we can spend, so we can't just go out and mm-hmm. get anyone that we want. Are you excited for the, for the team in Vegas? Well, <laughs> uh, I mean, I suppose you had something to do with that, right? I mean, well, that vote had to go through you, I mean, and others, but for San Antonio well, I, to move to Vegas, you had to have a say in that, right? You know, I mean, we, we, <laughs> we love to have it at San San Antonio, I mean, that's a great organization, but uh, if this helps, the, you know, the team uh, financially and ownership maybe gets a little more enthused about it, uh, you know, that's good for the, the whole league. So um, I don't know the owners there, so, uh, so uh, you know, it's hard for me to respond on that, but I assume that uh, they'll add excitement and expectations of bringing that team along faster. And they, they got some good young players. Speaking of good young players, we'll make the segue to your to your men's team, the Wolves, twenty six and sixteen here at the halfway point, or I guess through forty two games. You have to be very happy so far, Glenn. We're happy. Uh, we um, still look back at our our wins and losses, and we can see some games that uh, we thought we should have won. So, I mean, it isn't like we've accomplished everything yet. Uh, we've set a good record. Of course, we won some games that were difficult to win too. But, uh, I mean, it sets the expectations up pretty high. But also we recognize that uh, this coming month or two months, or let's just say the next month, it's going to be a very difficult one. We go, we go into mm-hmm. a very difficult time in the season where we play uh, quite a few of the games against uh, what's, what's known as the you know, highest caliber teams. 
and uh, we've got to do what we did last night, to go against these really good teams and, and be able to win our share. How close do you think you are to the upper echelon of the Western Conference? I guess what I mean by that, Glenn, the Warriors, the Rockets, and the Spurs. Do you feel like you're close maybe at least to the Spurs? Well, I think I think we're probably closer than what I first thought. I just yeah. thought that uh, that there would be a kind of a gap, uh, you know, between a number of teams, and then we would be fighting uh, with uh, you know four other teams. But it seems this year has been unusual that all of the teams have, um, you know, Boston's been the, the great big surprise, but uh, all the teams are having trouble against certain teams and. Uh, we're not that far away from, you know, in this case, third or, or fourth or, first, or second. I mean, it isn't like if we had a 10-game a winning streak, we could uh, move up the way this thing has been going. Uh, teams have just been knocked off um, by the most unusual opponents uh, this year, uh, and it's all across the whole league. I mean, isn't it nice to even think about the possibility of a 10-game winning streak? Well, I, 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 you know, teams do that. And if we would play like we have the last two games, we're very capable of, of doing that. I mean, we are just excellent when we pass the ball uh, and take and, and quickly and, and move it around, and our guys end up with good shots. It seems like when we do that, we come down and we play uh, extremely good defense in those scenarios, and, and we're, we would be hard to, to beat because uh, we have uh, a great nucleus of uh, players from your expert eye from you know from your courtside view i mean are you seeing noticeable differences on on the defensive end i mean certainly the statistics i mean going back the last 15 games not to go you know deep analytics here but going back the last 15 games glenn you guys are seventh in the nba in defensive efficiency i mean clearly the defense is getting a ton better yeah we're getting better uh you can see that over, if you look, like you say, over a 15 game, I mean, what surprises me, maybe all the teams do this, we seem to have uh, games, and then we have a letdown game. I just, I just, I get disappointed when I see us uh, with a letdown uh, game, uh, one where we probably should have won. So, you know, I know we can get better. Um, and, and uh, you know, consistency from off the bench would be very helpful. So that, that uh, can make us a lot better team if we can bring people off the bench and they can be uh, beat the opponent's uh, bench. And, and I, we have the people that can do that. We've just uh, some games we appear we have it, and then the next game uh, we struggle for for a good shot, and or we struggle on defense. When you see one of those disappointing games like the Phoenix game going back to mid-December it was a Saturday night game here. You know, when you guys lose that game, are you one just to keep your feelings? You know, inside, or do you vent to Tibbs and others with the organization? No, I, I don't. I, I keep him inside. I mean, it, uh, everybody would know how I would feel about it. I'd be really disappointed. But on the other hand, I, I look at Tibbs, and uh, I, I know that, you know, he, he's uh, into basketball all day long, and, and I know that uh, he is also as equally disappointed. And, and so with the players. So, I mean, for me to go and yell at them when they're already uh, disappointed, uh, I don't think accomplish anything. So, you know, my approach is to, uh, you know, talk to them and ask them, you know, what did we do wrong? Do you have any, any uh, thoughts of how we got ourselves in this position? Is there anything we can do different? Let's try something different, you know, for the next game to make sure we get out of the funk. Um, 
I mean, I want to think positive and, and make sure it doesn't happen again. Is it hard, Glenn, not to not to drift ahead, though, to like mid to late April, just picturing playoff basketball back here for the first time in 13 years? 14 years, really, right? Well, I really look for it, uh, forward to it because I remember when we were in the playoffs, it was so much fun and yes. so exciting for not only me, but especially for our fans and our players and and the whole staff, uh, you know, to see to see us uh, with the possibility of winning the championship. And and uh, and the way I look at it, if we can just play well and get to the end of the year without injuries, I I think you know we have the possibility as well as anyone of uh, going deep into this playoffs. Speaking of injuries, I mean, it sounds like Jeff Teague is back either Wednesday night or he's back this week. Are you curious to see how the minutes shake out between Jeff and Tyus? I mean, you're right about the ball moving. I think when Tyus is in the game, that's when the ball is moving best. Well, this has been a great opportunity for Tyus to get out there and play and show what he can do. I'm sure it gives the coach uh, a lot more confidence. I mean, even I know the coach wanted to get Brooks out there a little bit and just to see what he would do, even though he's a veteran. But, uh, I mean, those are the things that when somebody gets hurt, it helps the other players and, and if somebody's having a disappointing night, I think, you know, the coach can uh, move a little quicker in putting us, uh, one of those other two fellows in there. You know who I'd like to see back out there is Shabazz Muhammad. Like, I see the work ethic, Glenn. Wouldn't you like to see him maybe get some minutes at some point here? Well, I do. Uh, and I've, you know, I've talked to the coach about that and, and stuff like, like, uh, like uh, I know that he's been disappointing in a couple of games when when he just had difficult scoring and did maybe made some mistakes on defense. But, uh, again, I have seen him, and you have seen him, uh, when he has come in and, and just really taken over his part of the game, and he can do it. So, yeah, I would like to see him out there because um, I know in the right time and the right games that he can really make a big difference. Speaking of making a big difference, Jimmy Butler, is he even better, Glenn, than maybe you thought he was? Well, I knew he was going to be good. Uh, I guess I just didn't know him as well as I do now, and that uh, that you know I would go into the area of personality, how strong his personality mm-hmm. is, and, and uh, you know I saw him as a player, but I can just see now why he is uh, liked and respected by the other players. I mean, he has a he has high expectations of other people, but he can do it with humor. I mean, he has a, a neat way of. Uh, of, of sharing uh, with other people. And I can see, you know, people like to have leadership that uh, um, responds, you know, in, in a positive way. I mean, is he, I mean, have you seen enough, Glenn, to say, okay, you can extend him as soon as this summer, where that's a no-brainer, you offer him the max contract this summer? I haven't talked to him or his agent or anybody about that, you know, so I, and I don't know what his expectations are. But, uh, you know, I don't think Jimmy's going to change much. I mean, he's been good for a long time. I assume he'll continue. Yeah, and you want him here long term. I mean, when you have one of the ten best players in the game, two way players well, you in don't the game, get, there isn't that many players of his caliber in the whole league. So you don't want to lose a person like that. How about Carl Anthony Towns' defense the last few weeks? He's taken a big step forward. Yeah, he's especially in that that whole area, of blocking the shots and intimidating people coming in there. And it's you know, every team needs somebody like that and. And we were uh, probably lacking a little bit in that area, and Carl uh, is taken on that responsibility. And I think uh, you know, uh, told players you come in here, <laughs> and it, it maybe get uh, blocked back into your face. 
on Andrew Wiggins, you know, when you when you sat down with him before, you know, he inked the the extension. Are you seeing what you wanted to see from him when you gave him the the extension? Well, I you know, uh yes and no. Um you know, we uh we've had some uh times where I think he's probably, you know, shot too many outside shots and stuff like that and he wasn't hitting and and you know, that's disappointing because we need him. Uh, but now, you know, uh, I think everybody sees he stepped up his defense, and 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 my guess is uh, he can step it up a lot more. He's a very talented person. You know, personally, I'd like to see him do what he did uh, in this last game, where he takes it inside because mm-hmm. he's a very dynamic player taking it inside. He's different than Jimmy, but uh, but the results can be the same thing. He can get to the basket and then uh, and, and draw free throws now. You know, then I'd say on the negative side, I hope he, you know, practices on his free throws because he's a guy that could uh, be getting 10 free throws a night and, you know, moving up his totals and points uh, a game probably by four or five just because of misses. And I think that sometimes he doesn't go on the inside because I suppose he knows he will get fouled and he may miss those free throws. And it's not, you know, the fans kind of moan a little bit when he misses it. Mm -hmm. So. He's got areas that he can improve, but uh, he certainly has made improvements. And my expectations, we signed him to a long-term contract. He's very young, and he'll continue to improve. How active is trade talk right now, Glenn, with the trade deadline about a month away? Not with us. We haven't had uh, much uh, people call us or do anything. So I I think it's just uh, premature at this particular uh, point. Um, Now, I don't know about, uh, you know, other teams. I haven't heard much. Uh, you, know, you hear about a couple guys that maybe are out there, uh, teams that are out there with a couple guys, but uh, not much has been brought our way. How about signing a guy to a 10-day deal? Because you have that open roster spot. Are you guys thinking about signing somebody to just to fill the roster? No, no, we're not going to sign it to, just to fill the roster, but we will sign it if, if, uh, if Teague had uh, maybe been injured for a longer period of time. Mm. When he got injured, uh, we talked about it, saying, should we fill it? And then we found out that after a couple of days it appeared uh, that he could get back fairly fast. So I think we'll just keep that spot open right now um, for an injury. I suppose also, I mean, there will be guys in the next few weeks that get bought out of contract, so there might be a good free agent sitting there that you'd like to have that flexibility to add that player. Right, and we're looking at that. I mean, uh, the guys, I know they have a list. They've told me who's probably coming off, who they might be interested. So that's the other possibility if we could – uh, you know, I assume, you know, uh, it would have to be uh, people with these characteristics. Number one, a good defensive player. Number two, probably a three-point shooter. And number or three would be maybe a big person, another big person on the inside. I'll leave you after a few more points, Glenn. Always appreciate your time. How is the relationship going with, with the team in Des Moines? How's the G League relationship? Uh, it's going good. Um, it, it's uh, one of those things where we have to do a building process where the where before they were sold they probably didn't uh, take care of it as much last year as they we had hoped they would or they should have and stuff like this here but we got a good staff down there and 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 we're making a lot of changes um, i've only been down there for one game and and i use that time to visit people in the community and uh, the community seems to be willing to support but i've learned a number of things that we have to change and improve upon and and we'll do those
There's some good players down there. I mean, Anthony Brown could help you guys right now. I think his shooting, Justin Patton, I hope to see him up at some point. Then Elijah Millsap, you would have to sign him to a to a two-way or to a 10-day. But Elijah Millsap, to me, is an NBA player, too. Yeah, no, I think we have uh, we have uh, some potential players down there. I think we're looking more towards them towards next year than we are this year. Is that about the same... You know, line of thinking when it comes to Justin Patton that he needs a full year after after not playing all summer where maybe he helps you guys up here more so next year, not this year? I think so. I just think uh, he got so far behind when he wasn't at the, the fall practice and stuff like this. And now to bring him up here when they have a schedule like they have now, they they just don't practice enough, you know, to help a person like, like he needs help. So we, we just have to be patient. How excited are you to see how the Vikings do then with the Super Bowl here? Well, it is exciting. I I, I uh, uh, look forward to them continuing on, and then you know, especially we got our our uh, our end from here from Minnesota State. So so all of us in Mankato are really watching him, uh, you know, play and hope he continues on. But uh, it's going to be uh, you know, I, I I would guess New Orleans would be very challenging, and but. Gosh, the guys have been playing well, and I would think they'll win. Have you gotten to know Adam Thielen? Yes, just because he's from here, and then, and then he, when he's been at the Viking or the Timberwolf games, he's sitting right behind me. So. Yeah, good point. Yeah, I mean he's he's such an easy guy to root for, isn't he? Yeah, no, he's he's uh, he's uh, very Southern Minnesota. <laughs> and then, how about this, Glenn? Did you ever come close to buying the Vikings? Like, could this be you here in a couple of weeks if if the stars aligned? You know, you hoisting well, we had, the Lombardi Trophy. We had our two opportunities to do it, and we came down close, but it didn't. Uh, I guess it wasn't God's will because it didn't happen. I mean, did you think at one point though that that the deal would go through that you would be the owner right. of the Vikings? Well, absolutely. I, I, I had been told by the Vikings that uh, I was the bidder. I had the best bid, and then that. Uh, at their meeting, uh, Red came in and upped at 15 percent, and and I thought they would come back to me and give me the last chance, and they didn't do that. I mean, I'm just trying to picture Glenn Taylor, February 4th, 2018, there on the 50-yard yeah, we, line of U.S. Bank Stadium, hoisting the Lombardi Trophy after the Vikings win the Super Bowl. Well, uh, I'm I'm happy for the wealth and and the t- uh, team, and and I, I share the joy from without ownership. I mean, the better thing would be hearing, you know, whether it's this June, the following June, or the following June, you hoisting that NBA championship trophy. Right, right. That's what we look forward to. Glenn, always appreciate it. Happy New Year to you and your family. Uh, thank you very much. I always appreciate Glenn's time. Certainly provides us with a number of talking points, newsy talking points, the terms of the Cheryl Reeve contract extension. I don't believe those were out there. You know, mentioning that trade talk is pretty much dead, but mentioning what they are looking for. You know, no dialogue yet about extending Jimmy Butler this summer, but I can guarantee you there will be dialogue with Jimmy's agent, Bernie Lee, this summer about getting that thing done as soon as possible. The idea is to keep Jimmy Butler for as long as he wants to be here. Then, of course, the Vikings news. I don't know if I've ever talked to Glenn about that. I'm sure he's talked about how he thought at one point he would be the owner of the Vikings. I'm sure that has come up somewhere along the way, but I'm not quite sure I've ever talked to him about that. So always good to catch up with the owner of the Lynx and Wolves, Glenn Taylor. I've talked to him plenty in the past about Kevin Garnett. It wasn't germane to this week's conversation. I do know that KG is helping work with the Milwaukee Bucks again this week. That is not a new partnership. He works with the Bucks. He works with the Clippers. The Wolves don't have interest in him consulting for them. 
You know, Glenn has said previously, Kevin has an open invitation. Whenever KG wants to have his jersey retired, wants to be honored at Target Center for all that he did on the court for the Wolves, Glenn Taylor said it's on him to say yes. We'll do it whenever he wants. You know, but then you talk to the KG folks, and they have a different story. So I'm a firm believer that time heals all wounds, but right now the KG Wolves relationship is non-existent. Here's what you may have missed on a recent Purple podcast. You know, the the one thing uh, that the Vikings will have to take seriously, or they will, but fans can keep an eye on this, uh, is Cameron Jordan. He's, he's, a, he's a huge problem, and I, I think this game really will test Case Keenum's ability to play under pressure where he's been so good this year. Yeah, that's true. And also, uh, keep in mind, as good as Case has been, this is now – a different step, right, Collar? I mean, this is now – now you're going from from a really feel-good regular season, hey, you play great story, to playoff games. And playoff games are different. So, so yeah, I mean, it's going to be – this. the factor that I'm most curious about is how Keenum plays because, because Breeze and the Saints offense is really, really good. And the Vikings defense is the same, okay? So I think that there's a, there's a fighting chance that those two things – offset each other that the vikings give up some points but they certainly don't get drilled you can find the purple podcast on itunes podcast one or 1500 espn.com's podcast page also non-existent you can take glenn at face value is wolves trade talk the nba trade deadline is about a month away I've mentioned the Wolves have not talked to the Hawks yet about Bellinelli. They haven't talked to the Grizzlies about Tyreek Evans. They have not talked to the Lakers about Jordan Clarkson. Yes, I do believe at some point trade talk will pick up. But Glenn is telling us the truth that it is pretty much non-existent when it comes to the Wolves right now. I will continue to say keep an eye on the names Jared Dudley and Nerlens Noel. Now, Noel has to get back and be healthy, but that is a name to watch. Sure, the Wolves love DeAndre Jordan. I'm a broken record on that. We've been talking Jordan for well over a month. There just isn't a logical match between the Clippers and the Wolves. Other Wolves questions I've gotten. No interest so far shown in Andrew Bogut. He cleared waivers on Monday. Yes, the Wolves did talk about trying to sign Bogut in the summer, so we'll wait and see. But so far, no external talk about signing Andrew Bogut. The Wolves were contacted about Jameel Wilson, the former Marquette player, played well for the Clippers earlier this year. He was available. Looks like he is signing a 10-day with the Lakers. The Wolves would have been open to a two-way deal, but Wilson's camp always knew that they could get at least a minimum a 10-day contract, so they were not open to a two-way deal here. But the Wolves want to maintain flexibility. As Taylor said, they are closely monitoring the potential of certain guys becoming available as we get into the months of February and March. I forget top of my head what the deadline is you know, for having a guy on your roster, having that guy being eligible for the playoffs. But I do think the Wolves will add somebody eventually. But as Taylor said, nothing is close. What else do I have written down? About the Wolves. They never reached out on Liggins, the former Buck who signed a 10 day deal with the Pelicans. Also, what else? Oh, TV ratings are up. They're up about 20 to 25%. Also, attendance, as we know, is well up. They have all these sellouts. There is a noticeable buzz. I've always said there's this underlying buzz about the Wolves, especially on social media. It just seems like a lot of people love to talk Wolves. I don't know if all those people always go to games or even consume every single game but now with the team winning yes tv ratings up attendance is up there is a noticeable buzz 
about the Wolves, which is nice. Gophers Athletics, I'll start with a few notes on Reggie Lynch. Now, Richard Pitino and Mark Coyle, who knows if they knew anything prior to last October, October of 2017, but regardless, they knew that something was up October of 2017. Here is what Pitino did. Lynch had a nightly curfew. Now, the entire team the night before a game has a curfew. The entire team on New Year's Eve had a curfew of 11 o'clock, but Reggie Lynch, night in and night out, had a nightly curfew. So they would have a graduate assistant or an assistant coach knock on his apartment door. He lives right near the Beerman building. They would knock on his door 10 or 11 o'clock at night, make sure he was A, in his room. Then B, they would actually station downstairs in the lobby for an undefined amount of time to make sure that he didn't leave his apartment complex. So they knew something was up. They were trying to keep as close an eye as possible on Lynch. Also, I will say, talking to a few parents, there is frustration about the lack of communication. Now, Myra Metcalf was on the Mackey and Judd show on 1500 ESPN on Wednesday morning saying that he doesn't know how Patino and Quayle survived this mess. I will be surprised. Now, I won't claim to have nearly all the information. I think there's a lot more information out there, so I don't have nearly every single detail. But I will be surprised if heads roll with this one. I don't think heads roll, but that's just my opinion as I continue to gather information a reminder, check my Twitter feed, KSTP at KSTP Had the scoop on Saturday about Amir Coffee. Clearly things change on a daily basis, so I didn't have the coffee note in my scoop. Well, I did the Greg Jennings interview, episode 120 earlier this week, episode 119 last week. But then on Saturday, got the news from Richard Coffee, Amir Coffee's dad. He told me about this right shoulder injury. They will rehab the injury at least for the next week or two, maybe longer, just to see if they can avoid surgery. But there is a distinct possibility that Coffee eventually will need surgery on that right shoulder. If he needs surgery, that's like a four- or five-month process. Rehab, you know, that's at least a couple weeks. I mean, Amir Coffee is not playing again for the Gophers for the foreseeable future. But if the rehab process works, maybe in February, maybe late January, maybe he can get back on the court and help them win some Big Ten games. Also on Gophers basketball, Anthony Simons, he's the Louisville decommit. He can actually go to the NBA. He can enter his name into the 2018 NBA draft. So I know some scouts believe he'll eventually do that. I know Florida is in his mix, but he is hearing from the Gophers. That's not new. They've been reaching out to him for a while. He's a top 50, top 75, whatever it is, recruit, maybe even better than that. I should look at the numbers. You know, heck, if you get a Louisville offer, if you get the offers that he did and now he has Tennessee and Florida and the Gophers chasing him. He's a really good player, but he does have a path to the NBA if he so chooses. The Gophers still have that open scholarship for the 2018-2019 season. I'm grouping Gophers athletics together as a whole here, so we'll transition to football. Antonio Montero, Mr. Football from Eden Prairie. You know, do it all, running back, linebacker, punter, kicker. I hear there's positive mojo on the Gophers front. The Badgers have offered a preferred walk-on spot. North Dakota State wants him. Northern Iowa recently offered. But I hear he's got a desire to be in the Carlson School of Management. It is moving toward Montero, taking the Gophers' preferred walk-on offer. The Gophers don't have any more scholarships. Hey, you can always earn a scholarship in a year or two, like Blake Cashman. I'm just saying, keep an eye on Montero. Great player for Eden Prairie. They don't win a state championship. They don't go undefeated without his contributions. 
that would be one heck of a preferred walk-on get. So I'm just telling you, there is positive mojo with Montero and the Gophers. Thomas Barber, starting linebacker, was seen in a sling, his left arm in a sling on campus the other day. He's one of a number of guys who had off-season surgery. So he should be okay in a couple months. Should be plenty fine by the start of next season. He's a veteran. He's been through January and February workouts. He's been through spring practice. Of all the guys that need spring practice, Thomas Barber isn't near the top of that list. So bottom line, he should be fine by the start of next season. One Gophers hockey note, Tommy Novak Jr. is expected to miss at least another week or two. Missed last weekend against St. Cloud State. I'm told he has an upper body injury. All right, let's get to the Vikings. All the players were on the practice field on Wednesday. Kyle Rudolph will be back on Sunday. How effective he can be on that ankle remains to be seen, but he will be in uniform on Sunday. Pat Elfline, as I've said for since he missed the Bears game, he is fine. Pat Elfline will play. The one thing to watch with the Vikings, I know they're still contemplating this. Rashad Hill starting at right tackle, kicking Mike Remmers inside, Jeremiah Searles to the bench. So they could mix up the offensive line, although we've seen that configuration going back to the regular season. But that is something to keep an eye on. Remmers shifting inside, Hill starting at right tackle, Searles going back to being a swing guy. There is one significant injury for the Saints. The starting guard, his name is Andrew Pete. He is out. He is absolutely out for Sunday's game. He has a pretty significant injury. So I know they have a pretty good backup that they have faith in, but he was playing pretty good football at the left guard spot. He is out for New Orleans. There is still positive steam on the Pat Shermer to Arizona possibility. ESPN was the first to report about Vikings assistant general manager not having an opportunity to interview for the Packers GM job that the Packers reached out. The Vikings denied an interview. I can tell you this much. Peyton didn't have interest in the Green Bay job. The Peyton camp was always of the belief that the Packers would hire internal, which they did. Peyton has been very selective over the years, what interviews he takes, doesn't take, I can tell you this much, across the league, George Payton, Vikings assistant general manager, is highly thought of. When he is ready to be a general manager, and maybe he's waiting it out here, maybe he's waiting for Rick Spielman to retire, walk away, whatever it might be, and he wants the Vikings general manager job. But if he wants a different GM job, trust me, George Payton is atop many owners, many executives wish lists. George Payton is highly, highly thought of. Doesn't get a lot of love here in the Twin Cities, but you should know the name. He is a big reason why the Vikings are as good as they are. Vikings assistant general manager, George Payton. I'll also say, going back and forth with a couple people I know over at Winter Park involved in football operations, there is this confidence about them making a run. Now, who knows? They could lose to the Saints on Sunday, but I do know internally they feel really, really good about their chances for whatever that is worth. All right, let's get to the Twins. Where to begin? There was some Twitter report about the Twins being on the cusp of a deal with Hugh Darvish on Tuesday night. I checked with a high-ranking Twins official. No, that is not true. The Twins are continuing dialogue with Darvish's agent, Joel Wolf. The Twins are still squarely in that mix. As far as I can tell, the Twins have not officially made an offer, but all that takes is one more phone call. The Twins love you, Darvish. That is not anything new. But to suggest on Tuesday night of this week that the Twins were on the cusp of signing you, Darvish, that is incorrect. I continue to hear from the camps of Lance Lynn, Alex Cobb, others, that they sense that the Twins are waiting out the you, Darvish market before doing anything else. So if Darvish ends up with the Yankees or the Cubs, for example, then the Twins will circle back on a Cobb 
or a Lynn. I still think the Twins land a starter. When that will happen, who the heck knows? It is the weirdest market in recent baseball history. Nobody foresaw this many free agents still being on the board on January 10th. But I'll continue to say, and you can hammer me if I'm wrong on this, I continue to see that the Twins will land a frontline starter. Maybe it's right before opening day. Maybe it's during spring training. But I do see them landing one of these guys. And it could still be a trade. Heck, they're still talking trade with a number of teams. You know, but with all these free agents still in the market, I would think the more likely scenario is they sign a free agent without having to give up an asset or two in a trade. I've been asked if the Twins ever reached out to Arizona to talk trade about Corbin the lefty or Zach Granke the righty if Arizona wanted to eat a bunch of money left on Granke's deal. I am told no trade dialogue with Arizona. The Twins were never in on lefty reliever Boone Logan. He signed with the Brewers. The Twins did get a minor league deal done with Jordan Pacheco. He has some major league experience. He will start a triple-A. He offers infield depth. I'm told two other teams made minor league offers, but Pacheco chose the Twins. Miguel Sano got to Fort Myers on Tuesday to continue his rehab. That's where all the Twins officials are this week, by the way, pretty much all of them. Dave St. Peter right now in Puerto Rico. The Puerto Rico series is on. Twins-Indians, the Twins giving up a couple home games. The Twins and Indians playing in Puerto Rico in mid-April. So the Twins have Eddie Rosario from Puerto Rico, Kenny Vargas, J.O. Barrios. They joined Dave St. Peter at a news conference on Wednesday in Puerto Rico. But yeah, otherwise, Derek Falvey, Thad Levine, about 95 others within the Twins organization. Heck, special assistants like Justin Morneau, all those guys. Paul Molitor, it is a who's who of Twins officials in Fort Myers right now for their big organizational meetings. Going back to Terry Ryan, his leadership, they used to do those organizational meetings immediately after the season in October. Derek Falvey has a different theory on that, wants to wait a little bit. So moving forward, look for the Twins' big organizational meetings to be here in January. The Twins still have interest in Mike Napoli. I could see that deal happening, but nothing is close. The Twins' focus right now is getting a starter. They can circle back in a guy like Napoli in weeks. It's not like Mike Napoli is on the cusp of a deal with somebody else right this second. What else do I have written down? You have that Friday deadline on the arbitration talks where the figures need to be exchanged. I do know as of Monday, the Twins actually hadn't had any dialogue with Kyle Gibson's camp. He would be the number one guy on the arbitration eligible list, I would say, in terms of at least money he will make. I do know there's been dialogue since Monday, but as of taping this on Wednesday early afternoon, no deal between the Twins and Kyle Gibson is close. These things typically happen last second. So look for some Twins news on Friday. I know they've talked to Ryan Presley's people, all the arbitration-eligible guys. Trevor May, go up and down the list. They have like four or five guys. Eduardo Escobar is also arbitration-eligible. I don't foresee any news happening until Friday at the earliest. Who knows? Maybe Thursday, but nothing going on here on Wednesday. By the way, the Twins have a new point person on the arbitration talks, Daniel Adler, one of their off-season front office additions. It used to be Rob Antney, assistant GM, for the longest time. Rob Antney no longer handles the arbitration talks, the arbitration stuff, all that. The point person now is Daniel Adler. Some miscellaneous notes. We, we at Channel 5, connected with Mike Pendino, the former Eastridge football coach, former Holy Angels football coach, former Gophers assistant. Mike Pendino, omnipresent in the Twin Cities football community, now retired. He's into horses. He's got horses on his farm out in 
the South Metro, outskirts of the South Metro. Anyway, he coached J.C. Hassenauer in high school. Hassenauer chose Alabama over a number of offers. He started in Monday night's national championship game, started at right guard. He was pretty much the main backup for Alabama for a long time, but due to injuries, made a few starts. So anyway, multi-time national champion, J.C. Hassenauer of Woodbury, former Eastridge High School alum. You can check out my Twitter page, on KSTP. For an interview with Mike Pendino gushing about Hassenauer, who as a freshman, as a ninth grader at Eastridge, weighed 180 pounds. I know he trains with Adam Thielen's off-season trainer. He has worked his ass off to get into the shape he has. J.C. Hassenauer is another local guy who should get drafted. You think about Jake Wynicke of Wenicke, actually, is the proper pronunciation of Maple Grove. There's Frank Ragnall of Victoria, went to Chanhassen High School. And Jack Sitchi, he's from one of the cities in Wisconsin, but went to Hill Murray High School. So Sitchi, Ragnow, Wenicke, and Hassenauer all have real good chances to get drafted. In fact, Ragnow should be a pretty high pick. I think Wenicke has a chance to go relatively high, too. Hassenauer, more like a late-round pick. And I know he's close to signing with an agent, a local agent. So remember the name, J.C. Hassenauer, offensive lineman, has center and guard flexibility congratulations to former scoop podcast guest i'll get him on again soon colorado's mckinley right champlin park high school alum pac-12 player of the week just to remind folks he took a visit to the gophers the gophers offered him he could have committed i suppose the gopher said hey you're our guy we're not bringing anybody else in for a visit then like a week or two later he visits Dayton because he thinks the world of Tom Ostrom, who is now the associate head coach at Indiana, when Archie Miller got the Indiana job. Anyway, he thinks the world of Ostrom, so he takes the visit to Dayton. And while he's there, the Gophers bring in Isaiah Washington. I am led to believe that the Gophers always told Isaiah Washington, you are our main target. So as much as they told McKinley Wright, they preferred Isaiah Washington. Hey, credit to the Gophers. They got the guy they wanted all along. And the final chapter hasn't been written, but it is pretty clear that McKinley Wright is one heck of a player. Heck, I wonder if Indiana is regretting not having an open scholarship, not finding a way. You know, heck, Archie Miller and Tom Ostrom thought the world of McKinley Wright, but they did not bring him to Bloomington, Indiana. They didn't find a way. I wonder if they are kicking themselves, but I also do wonder if the Gophers are kicking themselves, letting McKinley Wright get away. But you can't get them all. Heck, Brad Davison, they offered late. They knew they weren't getting him. He's kicking butt as a freshman at Wisconsin. Theo John is getting minutes for Marquette. They've played well at times. Sakar Nam, heck, another guy at Marquette from De La Salle. There are so many locally-based players starring in college basketball at non-Minnesota schools. You just you can't take them all. But I do know on McKinley Wright, you know, you look back at his recruitment, certainly an interesting backstory. I left out a couple Wolves notes. They have representation at this week's G League Showcase up in the Toronto area. Every team's pretty much there scouting guys. And the Wolves got recent looks at Trey Young of Oklahoma. The Wolves aren't going to be in a position to draft him. Heck, he might go as high as one, two, or three. He looks like he is the next Steph Curry. But they did scout Oklahoma recently, Oklahoma State as well. Plus, they were at the recent – what game were they at recently? My phone is blowing up. So now I'm being distracted. The Miami-Florida State game over the weekend. Bruce Brown Jr. is a guy I do like. You know, the Wolves have that Oklahoma City first-round pick. Let's – Presume Oklahoma City makes the playoffs, but maybe the pick is like in that 18 to 22, 23 range, maybe more like 17, 18, 19. Bruce Brown Jr. 
He can do it all except for really shoot it. But good defender, the kind of guy I think that Tibbs would like. So just a name to watch. He's among guys that they got to look at over the weekend at the Miami-Florida State game. All right, that does it for Scoop Podcast episode 121. The TV job is calling. So much going on. Super Bowl preparations, Reggie Lynch, this. Oh, I'm glad I found 40 minutes to record this podcast because time is very, very limited. But I always enjoy doing the podcast. Heck, I'd love to find a way to do podcasts full time. If anybody has an idea on that, shoot me an email. Shoot me a text if you have my cell number. Shoot me a tweet, whatever it is. I'd love the podcast full-time, but I don't think that is realistic. So the main job is calling. I am back to the main job. Always appreciate you listening. This does it for Scoop Podcast episode 121.